What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the PFN Scouting Podcast. Ian Cummings here with my good friend, NFL Draft Analyst AJ Schulte. Last week, we started our combine preview. We talked about running backs and linebackers. So if you want to check that podcast out, just scroll back. But today, uh, we well, like, like we said in the pod earlier, we won't be able to get to every position before the combine. So we're trying to hit some that we haven't hit a lot of or positions that will be heavily under this uh, under the microscope uh, this coming week. And today we got wide receivers and cornerbacks, always two positions that are heavily watched at the NFL combine at Indianapolis, two very strong position groups with a lot of intrigue this week. So we'll get into that. But first off, AJ, how you doing, man? Happy birthday, by the way, this past weekend, 25. How you yeah. feeling? Uh, I feel old. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't say but, that because I got uh, I got a, I got a few months on you. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> no, but it was good. It, it was it was quiet and pretty chill. Um, we we did like an all day kind of thing, so it was nice to to celebrate. But I appreciate it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Now that we're both twenty five, we got to come up with like a catchy name or something, like quarters coverage <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, football something football themed we'll, we'll we'll workshop it we'll get it going we'll work, it, yeah. we'll work at it for sure but uh yeah today's episode uh, you know we always it's it's very easy to get lost in the analysis here but hey you know it's something that you do need to spend time on because the nfl combine like we talked about a little bit last week uh, is an interesting part of the process because it's important for sure but there's always a question every cycle of how exactly do you integrate it you know how fluid or or kind of stringent are you with your grades through this event and wide receiver in particular is a really big one right because everyone looks at the numbers for wide receivers everyone looks at the trends and things like that it's important don't get me wrong but real quick like we'll start with wide receivers obviously and then we'll go to corner we'll go to defense but for wide receivers, man, what is your process for the NFL combine? Because mine, I, mine has changed as I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with what I'm seeing on film, right? Usually, you can do a pretty good job of gauging things like speed, explosiveness, agility on film. You always have a few surprising times here and there. But I think the more that you watch the film and the more that you know what you're looking for, the more confident you are in identifying those things. So that combine results, yeah, there's a range where they can fall into, but it's not very surprising. And then from there, it's more of a, does their game speed match their testing speed and things like that? That's kind of my process now. I, I try to be fairly stable with it, not moving guys around too much, but you do cross-check things. Is that how you view the combine as well? Yeah. Yeah, It's it. the combine should always be a, a confirmation event if of like i think this guy's going to run a 4-4 and then he runs a 4-4 and you're like, perfect okay that matches that matches a film it really it's really good for finding outliers mm -hmm. in a sense and i also think it kind of shows it's the first event where we can see like preparation like how much dedication you put yeah. into this because if you come in and you're just you're out of shape or like you like you fall below expectations that's a cause for concern it with your draft stock but by and large it should be just like a confirmation um like of what you what you see on film and only really if it doesn't match i think that's key to go back and look and just see like was there some sort of circumstance did he trip on his 40 did he pull a hammy or something like that that you see every year uh, but by and large it should only uh, there there's a lot especially when in like the the public side and like a lot of online where people will just like skyrocket after 40 mm -hmm. and it's like he ran a four three he's going to get drafted and you're like okay well he doesn't play with a four three mm -hmm. so we should kind of be we should be a little bit more hesitant on things like that uh but i i think you put it 
you kind of wrapped it up succinctly of, of just what the combine should be used for. Yeah, it's as just a, a, a boost of the tape or a confirmation yeah. of the tape. Yep, the tape always maintains precedence for me you it's know it's, it really is and that's not me trying to take a stance like like tape versus analytics i know film versus analytics always becomes a, a big debate and i will we could, we could do 45 minutes we could of do film versus if we wanted to we could we're not going to open that can of worms today hey maybe we'll take no. that for another day but you know i i and i do think you know me personally and dalton will get on my case about this too like i'm a i'm a notorious fence sitter so like even in that discussion like i'll sit on the fence like and now like analytics are valuable in yeah. the right in the the right context but that's mm -hmm. the key the film is the king right it's the most important bit of context because all the answers that you need are on there if you if you look hard enough mm -hmm. right so you know it's one of those things i think a little bit of both is good and the nfl combine is very good i think like you've said and like what i've said for cross-checking right for covering all of your bases and just seeing you know who matches up with what and you met, you made a really good point too preparation right not just with the training and the, and the physical fitness right but also with the stance right like if you don't have a good feel for your stance if you're out a little slow getting that kick up like or if your knees are a little too high right or something like that if you're kind of upright you're not driving as much those can have a decent effect enough effect to like change the perception of the time right like a four or five gets frowned on compared to a four four or five right and that's only five hundreds mm -hmm. of a second so you know yeah. things like stance and, and preparation and training those mechanical things, right, can actually have an impact too. And I, I think for the three cone, like agility times, sinking, you know, driving, it's even more distinct, right? It's even, yeah. it's even tougher. So, you know, proper training can have a very, very strong impact. But then, does it translate to the field too? Just an endless. An endless. I'm trying to think of the word that flow chart, you know, of questions that stem off of combine performances that you know the combine itself just can't answer. So with that, yeah. a lot of process talk for the NFL combine. But let's get into the players. Let's get into the prospects for the wide receiver class. And real quick, wide receiver, uh, some notable combine snubs. Joshua Cephas, we were talking beforehand, probably the most notable one for me and for you as well. Very productive for four years on end at UTSA. I think he measured in at, at the Shrine Bowl, six two or six three maybe a lean 190s 200 I, I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head but he's a you know tall wiry guy with some pretty good flexibility fluidity route running chops and i expected him to get a, get a combine invite to a few others or one other that comes to mind for me is jaquan burton from fau but so uh, those are the biggest snubs i think but most names that people know will be there and it's gonna be a fun group you got the obvious first round guys but uh, you've also got a ton of potential day two guys, some guys who could sneak into the top 50, like Roman Wilson after the Senior Bowl. What are you looking forward to most from this wide receiver group at the Combine? Oh, man. I, it's a loaded a question. Weird, I know. A, a weird one that I'm oddly looking forward to is there's so much explosiveness out of this group. I, I think we're going to have some, somebody is going to, to tie or come close to a record in the jumps. Mm -hmm out of this wide receiver Malik neighbors it's, vertical it's, man i i am neighbors yeah neighbors i think adunze mm -hmm. is underrated it just in terms of like overall athleticism yeah. like i wouldn't be shocked if he hits a four three mm -hmm. i'm i'm not like he's awesome uh xavier worthy is gonna fly out the building troy franklin like it just it's like on and on and on and on of guys that you're just like they're gonna somebody i think is going to tie a record mm -hmm. either at, at in one of these jumps in the vertical or the broad 
just there, there's way too much explosiveness in this group yeah. for the, for somebody not to come close. That's the common theme, right? Explosiveness. I mean, and I feel like we're seeing more of more of that every year, but this class in particular, there's so much depth with that amount of talent. And then you've got guys like Roman Wilson, again, like we mentioned, like he coming out of high school, he, I think he ran like a four three, like had a 40 inch vertical too. So it's like, you know, yeah. even guys like that and Xavier Leggett, who we haven't mentioned, but his build up too is very impressive. So, you know, it goes all the way down the board. And I think there's guys on day three that will really boost their stock as well. But some um, shoot, man. I mean, let's talk about the top guys a little bit real quick. You know, what are we expecting from them? Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. Uh, you've got Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze. Adunze, I, I love that shout out because I, I remember me and Dalton were talking about it, too, on one of our wide receiver pods. But his brand of athleticism is so unique because he's so smooth and fluid, right? It's like it's not the violent explosiveness that you see from neighbors, for instance, where neighbors like looks like he has a jetpack on his ankles, right? And he's just going. But Adunze yeah. is such an effortless accelerator and an effortless mover. And it translates to really smooth vertical ability. It's there for sure. It's just not quite as explosive as eye catching, but it's a very functional part of his game. So I'm really excited to see that quantified. But a few others too, I think Brian Thomas Jr. Very interested to see how he tests with his stacking ability, his speed. Keon Coleman, I think, is going to be one that's a little more, there's a little bit more hinging on this for him, right? Because you know gonna, yeah. the traits are there. You know, we've seen in spurts his Kalen Carson matchup, right? Where he visibly showed that acceleration ability to separate. But you wonder how much of that is there to build off of while he's developing as a route runner. Uh, Adonai Mitchell, AD Mitchell, another one as well. Uh, his matchup against Kool-Aid McKinstry, right? You could see that vertical speed, which he used to gain space on the vertical plane outside the numbers, right? Uh, other guys too. But I think there's a lot of size speed guys who were still trying to get an absolute marker for what their speed is and what it provides, right? The film can guide you. The film is ultimately king, like we said. But a lot of people are going to be watching those numbers in particular. So these top guys, um, what's the biggest thing on your mind? What are you hoping to answer here? I, I think out of out of everybody, like I I don't think any of the top three, like unless they just bomb the combine, all of that's gonna be like, yep, that's I expected that. Mm -hmm. Like your neighbors is gonna just run out the building. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is gonna attest phenomenally in the in the agilities, if he even does them. Mm -hmm. That's been a thing where some guys just don't 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 do the agility. Yeah, for sure. Um I'll be interested to see if Keon Coleman does mm -hmm. because like it's I keep thinking back to like DK Metcalf and how a lot of people made up that three cone and it hasn't really mattered for Metcalf as much in the NFL but I kind of wonder if Keon Coleman's gonna go I just don't I don't really want to do the agilities this yeah. year I'll just I'll just just jump and run and I think that'll be interesting to see but like you like you said at the Brian Thomas Jr. and AD Mitchell I think I think that'll probably cement them in the first round conversation brian thomas jr is probably already in ad mitchell kind of feels like he's on the fence we know he's a great athlete but like how like it how good is he stacked mm -hmm. up versus that second tier of wide and it'll be good to quantify him because playing alongside worthy right anyone is going to look like a second tier athlete worthy yeah. Is just insane. yeah yeah especially but like if you're yeah, like I, I think of all those teams in the late 20s who need wide receivers like the bills and the chiefs ad mitchell versus keon coleman for example it, it, ad mitchell could be like hey I, I ran all these these are my numbers here versus a keon coleman type i feel like that matchup is going to be pretty interesting to see 
how that develops out of the combine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and those are both two guys who overarching consistency can be cited as a potential flaw, right? I think it's in different phases, right? Coleman is is such a dominating alpha when he's in the zone, but there are some drops on occasion. Uh, And then as a route runner, you know that there's still room to expand the route tree, right? Even though he's shown the necessary footwork, it stems and the targeted physicality, the hinge flexibility, those things are there. But you know, because it's still work in progress, that athletic profile, that exact athletic pinpointing is going to be so key for him. And then A.D. Mitchell on the opposite side, right? We know he's a very good route runner for his size. But again, you do see sometimes on film, particularly against TCU this past year, like he'll run hot and cold at times a little bit, right? You want to see a little bit more consistency. Yeah. Um, the hands are, you know, a low drop rate. And I think he's shown some really, really impressive flashes of catching and gathering in high difficulty situations, but sometimes gets into his body a little bit, right? So you know, for both of those guys, there's room to reaffirm their stock with the testing. And like we said earlier, we know they're good athletes, right? The film does that much. But yeah. for teams, it's interesting because you don't want anything to supersede the film. But it is kind of proven at this point over the past few years, right? Teams and relative athletic score. Uh, our guy, Kent Lee Platty, Math Bomb, uh, who does a great job with the MDS. He's really awesome uh, sharing yeah. that every cycle. But that kind of shows trends. And you've seen with the RAS scores, right? Teams do have preferences. And sometimes there's a certain threshold that they don't go, go below or things that will mm-hmm. rule out prospects yeah. for them. So for those guys in particular, right? You know, especially with high capital on the line, uh, that'll be a big deciding factor, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think you're going to see a lot of nines yeah. in the RAS this I think year. So There's going to be so many nines out of this group. Yeah, it's going to be fun for sure. Uh, we've talked about the top guys, but I'm curious to know, and I'll share mine first, and then I'll let you share a few guys who whose results may be more elastic for their ultimate draft capital. A few guys. I've got three names that come to mind for me at the wide receiver position. I've got Malik Washington from Virginia. Very curious to see how he tests. I don't think he'll run a blazing 40 time, but I'm really curious to see his explosiveness numbers because to me, he's pretty explosive, pretty twitched up in the short ranges, but he's just a very, very good football player, man. I mean, he's a really good route runner. Despite his size, I think he plays above his frame. I think he's willing to go into those contested situations. He's a tough player. He's got great hands. A lot of check checks that are a lot of boxes that are checked for me i had those flipped for a second but um yeah a lot of boxes that are checked for me as a pure receiver so i just want to quantify his athleticism especially being 5'8 192 right it's burly but naturally that limited catch radius is going to affect you jalen mcmillan from washington i really want to see what his 40 time is i know he's got vertical speed man but i'm almost just excited to see him re-announce himself right because i'm a huge fan of adunze i'm a huge fan of jalen polk as i'll get to in a a second here but jalen mcmillan man i i think he gets overlooked sometimes i know medicals was a little bit of a concern this past year but going back to his 2021 2022 tape and when he was healthy right This dude actually has legit vertical speed, and he's so good at using it, right, with his route running ability. He's such a sharp, flexible route runner who can press upfield and stems, manipulate DBs, play leverage, and and win the leverage game, too. And he's so variable with his route running as well. You know, I love the versatility, day one impact as a separator. So I think if we see that vertical speed, that'll just be confirmation for him, right? I really think he gets overlooked sometimes. And then Jalen Polk from Washington. I think, you know, looking at Polk and his profile, and I've said this a few times, but some of the ways that he wins 
is similar to Puka Nakua, right? You look at a guy who's completely alignment versatile, and that's not a comp. I don't want to get that misconstrued. That's not a comp, but I do think stylistically, you know, from a usage versatility standpoint, this is a guy who's used in motions, rolling into the slot, right? You can play him on the boundary if you want, scheme him rack touches as well. But as a receiver, too, I mean, the bend that he has through stems, the ability to accelerate late in snaps and create that late snap separation, and then really, really good hands, even in high difficulty situations, right? You know, just a very reliable receiving threat. I don't think he has the top end speed, but if he runs like a high 4-4, that's all I need to see to confirm that and be like, yeah, he's got enough speed like I thought he did on the tape. Like, let's take this guy early. So I think those are three guys for me that I think their combine performance will be a little bit more elastic for their ultimate landing spot. Again, you could go down the list. This wide receiver class is insane. But who who are some guys for you that are at the top of your mind that you're looking for? Like, hey, if he runs a certain time, I'm locking this guy into a certain range. Yeah, I you t- Malik Washington is a great a great shout out. I love I love him. Uh, it it feels overblown, but I was like, this guy's Jamison Crowder mm-hmm. all over again. Like he's he's just gonna catch eighty catches a year, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but for me, another guy, Jamari Thrash yes. out of Louisville. I'm very interested to see that one. Just his overall skill set. You look at. I- I'm very interested to see like, is he a true like burner or is he just more like a four four kind of guy? Uh, just just because of how you use him as like a as like a slot receiver, I'm just I'm very interested to see that overall athleticism. Maybe not somebody that is going to be elastic, but I am curious to see how Brendan Rice tests. Yeah. Uh, just because you look you look at the Senior Bowl and and he he just was not separating. I mean it it was rough, but you look at the height weight speed profile that he could potentially build off of at the combine. You know he's. He still got some buzz about his name. I think Dane Brugler put him in his top 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, there's still some potential there. But if he if he kind of craters in the, at the combine, I I don't know what his stock is ultimately going to look like because you have a a kind of a rough senior bowl outing and then a combine for a guy who was here. Kind of you wonder like how like how did him versus like his teammate Taj Washington end up stacking up and things like that. Mm-hmm. But another one, Jermaine Burton yes. out of yep. Alabama, I think is another really interesting guy. Just be, He doesn't really get talked about a lot, I've noticed, but what a phenomenal deep threat. I, I, I really feel like if he hits a 4-3, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, done. That's all, that's all I need to see. He's got everything else on film. I, just, I really want to see just what he looks like just going, just mm-hmm. n- no control, just how fast can you truly be? And I, I think Jermaine Burton's going to test phenomenal. I, I, I You watch his film. It's such an excellent deep threat. Good route runner. Yeah, he's a good route runner. Good hands. But yeah, it, like there's everything that he's got. I just want to see what that looks like in that environment because Alabama has produced so many wonderful wide receivers. I really feel like he can be the next one in line. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned this is great because I've got guys that are at the top of my head, but there's so many names floating around in there. I, I've, I've used this analogy with Dalton, but it's like that lotto ball sphere, like they're bouncing around and sometimes <laughs> they pop in and it's one name, but I can't get yeah. to all of them right. And then you fill in the gaps for me. I, I, I want, I remember thinking like Jermaine Burton. All right, this is a good opportunity for him. But yeah. you're absolutely right because he's a speed guy. He's a great route runner. He's got good hands, right? I think as a rack threat too, he's really good at resetting really quick after the catch. He's got the traits to produce there. This could be a moment where, you know, and it feels weird. Usually Alabama guys, we're talking about them a lot, usually. Yeah. And with Jermaine Burton, you just, we haven't, it hasn't happened yet. 
I think this is where mm-hmm. that catalyst where, all right, we really start to kind of wise up and like, hey, let's stop ignoring this guy because he's yeah. he's also. Hey, Bama's got a wide receiver, guys. Like, exactly. <laughs> Newsflash. There's another <laughs> News one. Newsflash, right? It's like, hey, just make sure you guys are up to speed here. Like Crimson Tide, it's it's still going. So I, I, yeah. I really like his speed and route running. And I mean, we've talked about it before, but guys who have speed and know how to use it as route runners, Xavier Worthy is the top example in this class, but there's more to that too. So I'm a big fan of his. I'm really excited to see what he can do. Are there any other small school under the radar guys that are at the top of your head as guys that could make themselves known? I know there's a few small school guys at the combine this year, Jalen Coker, Ryan Flournoy, uh, both those guys with the all-star circuit, but there's a few more dotted dotted in there as well. So any other guys that you want to shout out before we start the transition to corner? Yeah. Uh, Tavion Robinson yeah. out of Kentucky, it, explosive. You go back to the 2022 film and you're like, Oh, Holy crap. He's erasing angles like crazy. Uh, this year, kind of a, a little bit more quiet year, but I he's definitely one that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, it, it's not small school, but uh, Ladeatric Griffin out of Mississippi State is another guy that could just absolutely fly. Like I, I think you're talking about it an NFL like stud returner right away. Uh, I'm very interested to see like how well he tests because I think that could put him like firmly on the NFL, like late day three radars of just because you look at the film and it's, it's, he's just blowing by everybody. He's a former corner turned wide receiver at just like the, the speed. And he was a, I think all American returner last year. So like everything that he does is so freaking fast. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't emphasize enough just how much I actually really enjoyed his game. But I feel like this would be a good event for him to really break out onto the scene. It's like, hey, wait a second. Who is this guy? And get people to go back and watch his film. Nice. And he was a guy at the Shrine Bowl, too, who was really using that speed to, to separate as well. So I, I love all those shout outs. I love that. And I think that, you know, this wide receiver class, people are starting to we know it's deep, but I think this will start to, you know, rightfully quantify just how deep it is at multiple levels too like you've got the first round second round depth you got the top 100 depth and you have that day three depth guys who you could get late and actually provide value for you on a uh, nfl roster too so uh brendan rice is a good one as well i think for um we were talking about him as a, a more fluid one but i agree about the senior bowl performance i think he built up through the week but you're right you know not a great separator i'm more curious to get his three cone time if he runs that i'm not sure if he will but i'm really gonna be watching for that because we know he's got the vertical athleticism but can he separate that's the big question and with a few of these bigger guys too so uh it's gonna be fun and we've there's a few other names that we didn't even touch on right malachi corley vlad mcconkey the guys who we probably know they're gonna have speed and burst but it's just like you know quantifying it within this class is gonna be so fun wrote one more before we get to the corner and this will probably be an easy one but let's assume everyone runs the 40 uh i really i think marvin harrison jr will run faster than people expect i think he's gonna be a freak but you know assuming everyone runs the 40 who do you think runs the fastest time probably xavier worthy right worthy an underrated name i'm gonna throw in here it's gonna be jacob cowing Jacob Cowing, Arizona. I think, I think Cowing, if you, just that natural acceleration that he has yeah. on film, I think he's going to put out put out a good showing. And he, Jaquan Jackson out of Tulane yes, is another one. Yes, that was another that'll, one that'll absolutely be up there. Nice. Yeah, I like those a lot. Cowing, he's got that featherweight frame, but like you said, I mean, it's effortless with him. It really is. And then Jaquan Jackson, um, the senior bowl was fun for him because day one, leverage awareness could have improved, right? But I think he did. He grew throughout the week, and he's got that hyper, hyperactive, high-energy athleticism, both with his burst, his twitch, agility. So uh, a lot of names. I'll, that's the that's the baseline 
lesson here. A lot of names, almost too many to know, but uh, we tried to cover as much as possible for the receiver class. The, the, the moral of the story is don't leave any stone unturned because there's a lot of talent out there. Let's move on to corner, though. Corner, just not quite as deep, but I, I still think a very, very deep position group. Uh, and it's going to be a fun one. I think there's a little bit more settling to do, right? With the wide receiver class, we're pretty certain it's MHJ, it's Roma Dunze, or Malik Neighbors, whoever you have at wide receiver two and wide receiver three. You know, that, that's kind of a 50-50 proposition right now. But we know those guys, for the most part, are going to be the top three guys. And then after that, too, Brian Thomas Jr., pretty certain he'll be a first-rounder, right? You've got A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, guys that are in that conversation and are pretty solidified there. Corner is not as settled, right? I mean, there's still a, a top group, I think, but I think the order is a lot more variable across the board. Tyrion Arnold is obviously a CB1 candidate. He's my personal CB1 after after his growth this year. But you've got Nate Wiggins, right, who really could blow the roof off the 40 time. Again, you've got Cooper DeJean, right, who's probably going to test very well as as well. Kool-Aid McKinstry, right? Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, right? This guy could be rising into the CB1 conversation as well. And there's other guys too, like TJ Tampa, man. I, I'm a big fan of his. I think that size, speed, athleticism is really going to shock people. Uh, Kamari Lasser from Georgia, right? The list goes on and on. First impressions for the CB position at the NFL Combine for you. Yeah, I, I really, there's, a, there's like you were talking about the order. It's just not set at all. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a good chance for guys like Kool-Aid McKinstry, who came into the year almost viewed as a consensus cornerback uh, one, kind of like vying with with Nate Wiggins and maybe Cooper DeJean a little bit. But he's seemingly kind of gotten forgotten a little bit in that conversation. But I feel like this is a good chance for him to come out and be like, hey, I'm still here. Like, yeah. I'm I'm still a first round guy like you know my name i'm another alabama corner newsflash like put another one into the pros but like especially and i also really like this as a coming up i, I think you quinion mitchell i think that's a good shout out as well but also for guys like ennis rakestraw and those that next tier of corner to really step up and and put themselves firmly in that radar as well the, the combine is a great tool for that because a lot of people watch it a lot of there's so many eyes on the combine every year especially for corner i think if you see him you, you just look at the natural athleticism that he plays with i think he's going to test very well and we're going to start to see him like definitely firmly start to put himself in that end of round one like top 40 conversation mm -hmm. yeah he's one of those guys who's pretty press man oriented off man oriented but you know the speed the foot speed the fluidity right all of those things are in you know are, are big plus traits for him right so i'm really excited to get that quantified because you are right he's a guy who's kind of felt like he's on that top 50 fringe and that's kind of where he is for me right but he's also a guy who i could see getting more first round buzz and he's gotten a little bit but getting more with a good combine i think that's really going to help him this top group man though I'm very excited to see Terry and Arnold test because that dude, just the way he moves is just different. I mean, just the explosiveness, the hinge fluidity as well, but the foot speed, the twitch, the explosiveness. I mean, I, if he goes through everything, I, I expect him to put up some major numbers. Nate Wiggins, um, there have been rumors that he ran a four, two, as just a warm-up test for what he was training. Now we gotta we gotta preface it's misinformation season, right? People are putting numbers out there, right? right. The vertical speed does show up on tape, but what is he gonna run? That's a different conversation. But I could easily see him running four threes and maybe four two. I know sometimes the NFL combine, like like we've said at the very start, 
if you prepare well enough, right, if your form is good, there is a chance you can magnify your time a little bit. So Nate Wiggins will have that vertical speed, I think. TJ Tampa, again, I think there's definitely room for him to re-announce himself, right, because he's got the frame, he's got the ball skills as a former wide receiver. You know, I think that 6'2", 200-pound frame is really it's going to separate itself more than it would have last year with guys like Julius Brents, Christian Gonzalez, right? That last year's class yeah. was a lot more dense with longer guys, but um, you know, this year he'll have a chance to separate himself. And then going down the list, man, who are some other guys kind of in the top 75, top 100 range, top 125, even we could go, right? Because I feel like there's, there's a lot of talent, right? You can just keep going down the board, yeah. but Max Melton is one. Kyrie Jackson from Oregon, right? Six foot three, I think 197. He had a pretty good senior bowl showing too, but that vertical speed is there on tape for him too. So I think if he tests well, yeah. people are going to look at that like six three speed, top 100, just like that, right? So, you know, that day two group, as we get farther and farther down, so are there other names that are standing out to you? Maybe not like, a, like an outright... Mm-hmm that he's going to test out the building, but I am very curious to see Kamari Lassiter. Yeah. Just like, like what is his athletic profile going to look like? I just, because you watch him fundamentally, he's awesome. Great awareness, uh, smarts out the building instincts, like all of that, every single box is checked, but you wonder like how fast is he really like, what, what, what is his natural athleticism going to look like? Uh, I, I feel like this will be a good chance for him to really affirm his status in that top because he he's kind of going in the top 50 of mocks. But, you know, if, if he tests poorly, that could drop and, and vice versa. He could cement himself up there. Um, man, I'm interested to see Cam Hart because you touched on it with with Kyrie Jackson as well. He and, and Hart were the only two guys at the senior bowl that were like over, I think, over six foot. Mm-hmm. They were the only two corners there that were that size. And Cam Hart, when you watch him on film, it's like such a natural press man corner. Just long, great physicality, good footwork out of his stance. Like everything that translates well. I really just want to see what that overall athletic profile looks like because he's huge, he's long. And if he comes in with an absolutely good combine, you're definitely going to see him be put in the top 100. I, I think just awesome awesome player yeah and i think he he uh played some different alignments at the senior bowl too so showing that ability to move around then listening to him in interviews very well spoken seems you know uh, he's an intelligent player that shows up on his film too he'll trigger quickly and run support so you know the size is there and i I do believe he was on feldman's freaks at one point with i think like a 40 inch vertical maybe four three something 40 yard dash so there's a verified source out there that says Cam Hart is a freak athlete. So we'll see. You know, it definitely yeah. shows up on the film. But yeah, I think those two guys, Kyrie Jackson and Cam Hart, to me, I think they have a lot to gain uh, from testing well. Because I think if you, if you do that, there aren't a lot of guys in this class who check those boxes as a size speed guy, right? Like definitively yeah, having definitely. that. Um, a few other guys that are kind of, I'm interested to see what happened with DJ James from Auburn. That's another one. But I think I want to see if he can pack on some more weight because he was around 170 yeah. at the, at the senior bowl. So yeah. if he can add some weight, you know, get a little more mass, like coming at 175, maybe, maybe a little bit heavier. I don't need him to be 180 
but because I know it's a, a little unrealistic for a leaner guy like that. But on film, he's got speed, he's got twitch, he's got explosiveness, right? He has all of those things. So I want to see, yeah, he, very competitive, yeah, very competitive player who plays beyond his frame too. That was something that I really appreciated in run support, right? A guy who's willing to get ahead of blocks, you know, obstruct running lanes on the boundary. So I want to see if he can put on mass and retain that athleticism. That'll be big for me. And then another guy that I think we, we should talk about a little bit is Kalen King from Penn State because preseason, mm-hmm. right? You you saw mock drafts where he was going round one, and I had a pretty solid grade on him. I had kind of a fringe day one grade on him coming into the year, but I thought he was a guy who you could kind of tell that the, the elite size athleticism combination that Joey Porter had per se was not there with Kalen King. And, you know, that was obvious. But I, I feel like there were a few matchups through the year and at the Senior Bowl, too, where it was made a little bit more distinct, that lack of vertical speed, right? You know, that lack of elite vertical speed, I should say. You know, it's not like they're they're getting a mile of space on them, but that, that, little, that, that little lack of top-end speed that can create that light snap separation for wide receivers. And it, it kind of mar- it lowers the margin for error for a corner like Kalen King. So it's an, But it's one yeah. of those things, like, you can tell it's there on tape, so if he inexplicably runs a four three, like I'm gonna say he's still gotta play up to that, right? But he's another one where I I've, I'm really curious if he can get in the yellow, right? If he can run a four five, decent explosiveness numbers, like that'll be enough for him to kind of weather the storm, I think. But I'm I'm a little scared because if he runs a little bit slower or doesn't have that elite, you know, some elite categories at least, like we could be looking at a at an even bigger slide for him. Yeah. It, it was really it was strange to see because you're coming into the year and you're just like, wow, he's another Penn State yeah. just dude on defense. And then this year he really, really struggled. I thought those other Penn State DBs had had better tape this year. It's, so it's a tough case of of 2022 versus 2023 and really measuring that. But I, I think you made some good points of just like how how much is his testing really going to impact it. But I would also caution with him, like Penn State guys always test like freaks. Mm-hmm. They they have always done so. And so I'm, I'm kind of a little bit hesitant to say like if he tests well, it answers every question just because like how it, it doesn't necessarily match up the, with the tape every single time. Penn State guys just always test out the building. They're always putting up high numbers. So it, it it's going to be a tricky one to evaluate, but it. I don't make the pay grades for uh, picking these guys. I just sit here and, and talk about them. So. Yeah, which I'm, I'm sometimes I'm thankful for because I got some misses in the bank for sure. But no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, there's, yeah, I mean, they're going to test through and we, we won't have a chance to have a specific episode on like edge prospects per se, but Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson, again, watch them just blow the roof off the combine. It's what Penn State players do. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just kind of, what they do it's it's kind of a, a trend at this point so that training facility that training staff and that kind of plays into some of these trends too where you need to identify those things and then kind of pinpoint on the tape do they play up to or below those numbers right and is there a way technically for them to glean more of that athleticism right are there technical deficiencies or is this just a guy who simply doesn't play as fast as its numbers so maybe the testing athleticism is kind of an anomaly right so that's something you have to sift through too but some other names at corner that are coming to mind and we can get into this day three group because i feel like the day three group for corner is insanely deep and that kind of was brought to the forefront at the senior bowl right guys like andrew phillips from kentucky played really well i think he's got some slot versatility carlton johnson from fresno state right another guy who's a little bit lighter 
but you do see the closing speed when he's clicking and closing, right? Like he can fly. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where, and then other guys too, like Renardo Green from Florida State. Admittedly, I need to watch more of his tape, but from everything I've seen, I need to do a deep dive and a scouting report. But from everything I've seen, I think he might be a really underrated player in this class. You know, he really went toe to toe with Malik Neighbors, competitive, again, fleet footed, had a really good Shrine Bowl performance. He's got size and, and some play strength to him as well. Uh, Kamal Haddon from Tennessee is one that gets overlooked at times, too. I think he's a yeah. really long guy who's got some explosiveness to him as well. So um, Elijah Jones from Boston College, another one that I like a lot, a little bit longer, uh, but kind of lean. He's going to be a 25 year old rookie, but. That Florida State game, man, I mean, he was going up against Keon Coleman out of the slot, Johnny Wilson on the boundary, and he's not giving a step. So you love to see that, too, those little barometer games where it's like against this top-end athlete, he did not let up. And so I think there's yeah. there are a lot of names to sift through, a lot of volume in the back end of the CB class. Who are you kind of pinpointing there as a player who could ride the stock? Haddon is a great shout out because you look at his his film early on extremely productive this year for Tennessee phenomenal phenomenal Tennessee's defense this year as a whole I felt like was had some really phenomenal dudes Mm -hmm. but he but you know he gets hurt in October season ending injury and he kind of falls under the radar and now I I hope he's he's healthy enough to give it a full go I don't I don't know what his injury status is but I assume if he got an invite that there definitely is is at least some NFL interest in terms of seeing how his medical stack out and seeing if he'll test. Um, but I think that's a guy that if he if he comes out and he's testing well, I, I think he's firmly going to put himself probably even closer to day two just because you look at his film early on this year and it, it, it's awesome stuff, especially in the SEC. I think you look at that physicality, the, pro- the production he had this year is is going to stand out. Uh, I really that's a great shout out on your part. I was actually thinking of, of talking about him, but another guy uh, I'm very interested to see the pit corners because yeah. I I like both of them, uh, especially uh, is it Devonshire or Devonshire? MJ, Dev- sure. MJ Devonshire, I think. Yeah. 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 I, th- I, I, lo- I watched his film beforehand before the shrine ball. I, I really like the, the fundamentals he plays with. I want to see how, athletic he really is but i think that's like a starting zone corner right away mm-hmm. um i'm very interested to see just how well another guy that has risen over the offseason jarvis brown yes i was gonna bring I, him up I, yeah I, I i he's so freaking competitive like he just that tough the competitive toughness he's he's very reminiscent of jair alexander in that he's he's gonna let you know he's on the field no matter what he's gonna talk at you he's gonna fly down the field in the run game like just a overly competitive corner and you look i think the movement skills are there the explosiveness is there but i think this is going to be a good outing for him to put himself probably closer to the top 100 at this point i i would say he's risen to that point in a good combine it's just going to keep skyrocketing that yeah, I think with the composite profile that he has, right? And there are a few concerns I have. I think he can get a little overzealous sometimes. And then technically there are some some uh, bad habits to break that do repeat with his footwork. But the dude is so twitchy, energetic in the short ranges, right? He's so competitive, like you said, so tenacious as a support defender and at the catch point. And he can play the slot or the boundary, right? Looking at that profile, that willingness to play different spots and the ability to impose your will at different spots too. 
I think that could definitely endear him to some NFL teams. So then all it comes down to is do you test well, right? Because he's not the biggest guy, but he does have pretty good proportional length for his size. I think it was close to 32-inch arms at around 5'10 or something or 5'11. So, you know, again, kind of a similar frame to Max Melton from Rutgers, who, you know, has the the compact frame to sink and redirect uh, efficiently, but also has the disruptive range with his length to, you know, bat down passes and, you know, make an impact on the football. So you love to have that combination. It's a very good thing to have. And I'm excited to see if he can distinguish himself a little bit more here, but any other names for you that you want to bring up in the CB class? One that I forgot to mention in the top 75 range was Kalen Carson from Wake Forest. I think he gets mm-hmm. uh, f- flushed out a little bit sometimes because there's just so much talent in that range. And that game against Keon Coleman in particular was one that I think he'd like to have back. I think there were a few times where he got beat with targeted physicality, you know, maybe oversetting a little too much on those releases, right? But uh, his short area athleticism, in particular, I want to see his explosiveness and agility. I don't think he has top-end vertical speed, right? But I think one thing that's a really big strength of his on tape is dictating reps with his footwork and press man, you know, using feet first, but also targeted jams to, you know, kind of obstruct receivers and delay their releases, right? You know, when he's in control, he's very good. And he's got pretty good closing speed too, click and close ability, kind of hinging down on those comeback routes. So I'm really interested to see how he tests. But any other names for you? And we can talk about the snubs real quick too. Some of the top snubs. I know Quantes Stiggers from Toronto uh, has a really good story, man. I mean, he was a guy who I think dropped out of college early when his his father passed away and got back to football in the fan controlled football league, and then actually uh, earned it earned an opportunity with the CFL as a CFL rookie, became an All Star. I think the Rookie of the Year, right? And that earned him a Shrine Bowl invite, and he was the best player at the Shrine Bowl. So. You know, I would have hoped that he would have gotten a combine invite, but he's a guy who's trending up. Could be a middle-round pick. Jarius Monroe from Tulane is another snub that I, I like a lot off his Tulane tape. And then I think he was 6'2", 205. He was playing corner and safety at the Shrine Bowl. Another explosive, competitive, physical guy. And then Quentin Newsom from Nebraska is another one that I want to bring up. He was uh, another six foot one guy, really long. Shows off good ball skills, physicality on tape at Nebraska. Uh, so he's another one who I think could be a sleeper. But uh, any other names that you want to give a shout out to before uh, before we uh, start to wrap this up here? Yeah, I, a, a couple of the day three guys, Miles um, Harden out of South Dakota, yeah. I think is is one that I, I want to see how he stacks up. We saw him again at the Shrine Bowl. Um, I, I thought he was I thought he was pretty good down there. And I kind of just want to see what his overall athletic profile looks like, because I don't have a lot of South Dakota tape. But I do. I just so I just kind of want to see yeah. what that looks. His like. His measurables then, are kind of interesting because he's around two hundred, right? So he's a little bit denser, yeah. I think. I believe. Um, I'll have to double check that. But yeah, I don't have I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I can pull them up. But another the Penn State guys, Johnny Dixon and Daquan Hardy. Yeah. I'm very interested to see. I mean, again, they always test out the building. But Daquan Hardy, I I kept I really like his chippiness. I would love I him as a nickel a, defender. I would love that. Yeah, I think like outright nickel guy right away. I just want to see like is he going to come in? Is he going to be a little bit bigger than I think he is? Is he going to be like how like what is his fluidity going to look like? I think that's going to confirm just how high he can get drafted. But I think we're talking about a fourth or fifth round guy. Uh, starting nickel right away yeah he's one of those guys that i've got circled in that range like hey if i can get this guy as a starting nickel like let's let's roll back man because he's very good mm-hmm. and while we're on the topic of nickels real quick mike saner still very excited to see how he tests as well he's one of my favorite players yeah. uh he's just so physical as well in all phases but we're almost at a time here so i'll ask the same question that i asked before because 
everyone loves the 40 times, right? I mean, there's so much more nuance to the combine, right? Like, don't overlook everything, but everyone loves the 40 times is what people gravitate to. So I got to ask you, which corner do you think runs the fastest 40? Man, I've, I feel like I'm going to go with Carlton Johnson. Carlton I, Johnson. I, oh, my God. I love that. I love I that. Just, it's He's just – he's so freaking – I think he was a former long, uh, long speed or, like, track athlete. Uh, it just he, the, the athleticism and speed that he shows on film, that click and close in the range. I think he's he's got that for days. I feel like for some reason Cooper Dijon is also going to run like a a crazy fast forward. Yeah, like linear speed. He's guard. got it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he's going to catch people off guard, but I think that's going to. I, I'm going to stick with Carlton. I think it's going to be. I love that. I love that. Like I know we talked about his speed, but I had like a few names at the top of my mind, and none of them were Carlson. okay but i i love that man i agree too like he's got speed he definitely closes yeah. ground like and he's a light guy too so he doesn't have a lot to carry in the first place so he's he's getting the point a and point b yeah yeah that's fun I, and i'll throw out nate wiggins quinion mitchell as well i think they'll be mm-hmm. in the top five for yeah. sure and i'll just give one more one more shout to tj tampa because i really think people are still kind of sleeping on his athleticism and i think once he has room to open up his strides uh, he can chew up a lot of space too. So, but the bottom line is a lot of athletes at wide receiver and corner. We have about a minute, so about 30 seconds before I got to start my uh, and ramble through my sign off here. So, real quick, AJ, any closing thoughts to lead our listeners for the combine? Um, be prepared because you're going to see a crazy amounts of athleticism at, at every single position. This year has has phenomenal athletes at every spot of of like day one day two day three and even going into some of the undrafted guys they're going to put up high eights in the RAS easily there you go be prepared for athletes at the nfl combine that's all we got today for our wide receiver and cornerback preview we will be back uh with more combine content post combine content and then for the month leading up to the draft uh, a lot of good stuff as well but for now that is it thank you all for listening as always peace out see you next time